back to Exodus chapter 20 this morning as we continue taking a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful music this morning in worship to our king. Exodus chapter 20, as we are working through this series, and we're really getting close to the end of our series. We have the Ninth Commandment today, and then, God willing, we'll look at the Tenth Commandment next week, and then we close the book, uh, so as to speak, on this particular uh, command uh, series on the commandments. I know some of you are memorizing or maybe refreshing your memory on the commands, and I want to commend you on that. Uh, Danielle ran across this particular uh, list and passed it along to me. Uh, Someone has summarized the Ten Commandments under the title, The Southern Ten Commandments. And I thought, well, this might be very helpful to our congregation, the Southern Ten Commandments. And here's how they uh, outlined and uh, summarized the Ten Commandments in Southern Talk. Just one God. Put nothing before God. Watch your mouth. Get yourself to Sunday meeting. Honor your ma and pa. No killing. No fooling around with another fellow's gal or another gal's fella. Don't don't take what ain't yourn. No telling tales or gossiping. And don't be hankering for your buddy's stuff. So there you have it. They said, now that's plain and simple and bless your little cotton pig and heart. <laughs> that helps you remember. Well, good. I'm glad we come to the ninth commandment today. The Sweet Soul Cafe newsletter published something called the top 10 liars lies, the top 10 liars lies. And here they are. Number 10 will stay only five minutes. Number nine, this will be a short meeting. Number eight, I'll respect you in the morning. Number seven, the check is in the mail. Number six, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. (laughs) Number five, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Number four, your money will be cheerfully refunded. Number three, we service what we sell. Number two, your table will be ready in, in just a minute. And number one. I'll start exercising, dieting, forgiving tomorrow. So there you have the top ten liars' lies, according to one newsletter. Any of those sound familiar? Uh, You know, we live in a world of liars and a world of lying. Uh, Tony Evans said that many people admit that they lie, but they excuse it because they're only telling little white ones. He said a little lie is like a little pregnant. It'll all show up after a while. <laughs> Are you guilty of lying? Now, be honest today. I mean, I mean, be honest. Are you guilty of lying? God addresses the subject of lying here in the Ten Commandments. And we find in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, these words, familiar ones to us. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, this command takes us to the courtroom. And to the witness stand. And God says to his people, they're not to commit perjury. They're not to lie about their neighbor. They're not to bear false witness against their neighbor. They're not to lie. And of course, that holds true in the courtroom. But it also holds true outside the courtroom. God's word is clear. It's clear. 
Put down this reference. If you'd like to write in your Bible, you can put it in the margin next to chapter 20, verse 16. Put down Ephesians 4.25. Ephesians 4.25. The Bible says, Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Let me read it again. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. We are members of one another. Now, if we're honest, if we're honest, we've all told a lie, right? We've all told an untruth. Call it what you want to call it. Stretching the truth, a little white lie, a fib, a little story, whatever you want to call it. Let's just be honest about it. It's a lie. It's a lie. And we're all guilty of it. And so today I want to encourage you, beloved, and I want to encourage me to choose truth, to choose truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're to choose to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so in order to help us to choose truth, let's consider several questions together today as we look at this ninth command. And first of all, is this one. Why do we lie? Why do we lie? That's a good question, isn't it? Bill Hybels, in writing on the Ten Commandments, he suggested five reasons why we lie. I think he's accurate. Number one, he says we lie to impress people. We lie to impress people. So we, we bump in or, or we just are casual acquaintance of someone famous or someone important. And we say, oh, yeah, I know so and so. We're just like this. We, we like to pad resumes and, and put down our accomplishments. And, and we like to lie about things to impress people. And, and we stretch the truth and we add a little exaggeration or whatever. We lie to impress people, to feel important, to feel more important. Number two, we lie to get revenge. We lie to get revenge. And so to get revenge, we might make up stories about someone. We spread gossip about someone. We discredit someone's character, someone's testimony, someone's accomplishments. We lie to get revenge. We don't like somebody. We want to get revenge. So we lie about it. We lie to impress people. We lie to get revenge. Thirdly, we lie for convenience sake. We lie for convenience sake. Now, maybe you haven't thought about this one before. In other words, instead of saying no to something, we say, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And we don't do it. How many people do that in church? Well, you serve. Well, you oh, yes. Praise God. I'll be glad to do that. We lie. We don't do it. Better to say no. Better to say the truth. We lie of convenience. We don't want to talk to somebody on the telephone. Don't tell your child to lie for you. Don't tell them, oh, tell them I'm not here. You are there. You're a liar. Better say, tell them I don't want to talk to them. Or just don't answer. That's what I do. Uh, we, we lie for convenience sake. I got caller ID, y'all. I just, you know. Y'all have caller ID? That's great. Just tell them the truth. We lie to impress people. We lie to get revenge. We lie for convenience sake. We lie to escape punishment. Like the child who has chocolate spirit all over their face. You say, you've been in the cookie jar. No, I've been in the cookie jar. We lie to escape punishment. That's a lot of lying goes on. We, we don't admit our wrongdoings. We don't admit where we failed. We lie to escape punishment. And then fifthly, we lie to make a profit. We lie to make a profit. 
This little baby was only owned by one little old lady. She drove it to church only on Sundays and once a year to homecoming. It's as good as new. It's the only one of its kind. We, we lie to make a profit. Why do we lie? Well, several reasons. But if you really want to boil it down while we lie, we lie because we're sinners. We have a sinful nature. Listen to Matthew 15, 18 and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, that's where lying's come from, right? Out of the mouth, we lie for mouths. Out of the mouth come from the heart. So it goes much deeper than the mouth, comes from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart, listen, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, or murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, listen, false witness, and blasphemies. Matthew 15, 18 and 19. We lie because we're sinners. We lie because of a simple nature. We lie because our hearts are not right. Let's admit it. We are a society that is filled with lying. As a society, we're a bunch of liars. Don't get mad about it. As a society, we're a bunch of liars. Why do we lie? Well, basically because we're sinners, but we lie specifically to impress people, to get revenge, to convenience sake, to escape punishment, to make a profit. We lie. Now, here's the second question. What are some of the ways in which we lie? What are some of the ways in which we lie? As I studied this topic of choose truth and and not bearing false witness and not lying, several things came to the surface of of how we go about lying. Let me give you a couple here. Let me give you three in particular. First of all, we lie through flattery. We lie through flattery. What is flattery? Well, it's, it's, it's empty compliments in, in order to impress someone or influence someone. It's using flattery and, and lying to, to kind of get that person to do or to be what you want them to be. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with true compliments. And we ought to be complimenting one another out of truth and sincerity. But flattery, that's lying. Just to saying something to influence people. We lie through flattery. By the way, be careful of the flatterer. Be careful of the one who seeks to flatter you. We lie through flattery. Secondly, we lie through exaggeration. We lie through exaggeration. We want to make ourselves look better than we really are. We want to make ourselves look like we've accomplished more than we really have. Uh, the classic one is, you know, the fishermen, right? I mean, that fish story gets bigger and bigger. And, and as the years go by, it gets bigger and bigger. We lie through exaggeration. We're not careful with the facts. We're not careful with the truth. Preachers do this. I, I've, I've heard it, uh, of calling it. Like, you talk about how many people did you have at church? And so they tell you how many were at church. You have to ask them, are you speaking evangelistically? That is, are you telling the truth? Are you using evangelistic numbers? In other words, we're stretching. We're exaggerating. We lie through exaggeration. Thirdly, we lie through gossip and slander. We lie through gossip and slander. uh, Spreading things about people that that may or may not be true. Slandering people. We, We lie through gossip and slander. I understand Miss Sarah Snoodledink. Snoopledink, excuse me. Isn't that a lovely name? Miss Sarah Snoopledink, the church gossip and self-appointed supervisor of the church's morals, kept sticking her nose in other people's business. And several residents were certainly unappreciative of her activities, but they were fearful and they were they feared her enough to, to just kind of keep silent about it. Well, she made a mistake one day. 
She accused George, who was a new church member, of being an alcoholic. And the reason she did that is because she saw that his pickup truck was parked in front of the, the town's only bar one afternoon. And so she commented to George and everybody else she see that they would know that he was an alcoholic because his truck was parked in front of the bar. Well, George was a man of very few words, and he just stared at her for a moment, and then he walked away. He said nothing. Now, later that evening, George got in his pickup truck and quietly drove and parked his pickup right in front of Sarah's house. And he left it there all night. I don't know if that's true. I hope it is true. I don't know if that's a true story or not. I hope it is. We lie through flattery. We lie through exaggeration. We lie through gossip and slander. And of course, we could go on and on. And and lying comes in many shapes and packages. But we lie in various ways. We, We understand why we lie. We understand some of the ways we lie. But then the third question this morning is, why should we choose truth? I mean, why should we choose truth? Well, first of all, because God hates lying. God hates lying. You say, wait a minute, preacher, that's pretty strong language. Are you exaggerating? No, I'm not. God hates lying. Write down these references, if you would. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Now, listen, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Think about that. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. Listen to Proverbs 12, 22. Proverbs 12, 22 says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. God hates lying. He hates it. You see, God is truth. God is truth. Titus 1, 2 says in hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father, but except through me. Thank God we can always trust what God says to us. His word is true. It is without error. It's inerrant, infallible, authoritative. We stand upon it. We preach it. We live by it. We stake our eternal destiny upon what God says in his word. God cannot lie. He's never lied. Will not lie. God is a God of truth. And he hates lying. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God hates lying. God is a God of truth. God is truth. And when we lie, now listen, when we lie, we're not following the example of God. We're not following the example of Jesus Christ. We're following in Satan's footsteps. Put down this reference, John 8, 44. John 8, 44, strong words. John 8, 44 says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in it. Now, listen, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Who's the father of lying? Satan. He's a liar and he'll lie to you and he'll lie to me and he's lying to the world. And he seeks to pull people away from Jesus Christ and blind their eyes from the gospel. And so when we lie, we're not following in the footsteps of God and Jesus. 
We're following the footsteps of Satan. He's the father of liars. He's a liar. God hates lying. Now, the question is just how much does God hate lying? Well, put a marker there in Exodus 20. Let's go look at Acts chapter 5. There's a story there. You may have heard it before, but it's worth revisiting. Acts chapter 5. And we find some folks lying in Acts chapter 5. And I want you to see what God had to say, what God did concerning these people's lies. Acts chapter 5. We'll begin reading at verse number 1. Acts chapter 5. The Bible says in verse number 1 these words. Acts 5, 1, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. So they sold something. Verse 2 says he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So we know he sold some land. While it remained, was it not your, your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart and you've not lied to men but to God? In other words, as Peter says, listen, it was your property. You didn't have to bring all the price. You could have brought part of the price. But you brought it like you're bringing everything. And you didn't lie to men. You lied to God. Now look at verse 5. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Now, notice the next part of verse five. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. So we can understand that, can't we? Imagine the offering plate passes by you today and the person next to you slumps down and dies after they go. Put their offering in. Well, it doesn't stop there. Look at verse six. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out and buried him. Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Here's her opportunity to tell the truth, to choose truth. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying out her out, buried her by her husband. I want to say to you, beloved, God hates lying. Aren't you glad he doesn't always do that? Would any of us be here today? Would any of us be living today? We may not have space in the cemetery next door to, to put all of us, right? If we fell dead when we lied and how many people lie to God today? Lying is serious business. We should tr choose truth because God hates lying. His word is clear. But also because lying is so destructive. Lying is so destructive. Listen to Proverbs 25, verse 18. Proverbs 25, 18 says this. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Read that again. Think about it. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You probably remember these verses. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Just think of all the harm that's been done in our world 
because of lying. All the harm that goes on. We should choose truth because God hates lying, but also because lying is so destructive. It's like a club, a sword, a sharp arrow. What a picture. Imagine as you lie about other people, it's like beating them with a club or shooting them with an arrow or slicing them through with a sword. It's destructive. We should choose truth. There's a third reason that came to my mind. That was this. Because lying harms our witness for Christ. Lying harms our wicked, our witness for Christ. Proverbs 13, 5 says this. Proverbs 13, 5. A righteous man hates lying. But a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, putting away a line, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. for We are members of one another. Listen, if I claim to know Jesus and I tell others about Jesus and, and we should do that, right? And then I become known as a liar. What does that do to my witness? What does that do to my credibility? What does that do to my testimony? You see, my witness and my words should match. If folks know that you don't tell the truth about stuff, about other stuff, why in the world would they ever listen to what you have to say about the Lord Jesus Christ? Lying harms our witness for Christ. Lying harms our testimony. We need to be people of truth. We need to choose truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you're here today. Are you saved? I need to tell you the truth. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. You believe you will be redeemed. If you don't know Christ today, would you come? Would you place your faith in him? Turning from your sin to Christ, he will save you. That's the truth. According to God's word, beloved, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're to choose truth. Now, I got to thinking, what are some real practical things we can get today and take with us to help us? And I came up with three. I want to give them to you quickly. We know why we lie. We know some of the ways we lie. We know why we should choose truth. Now, let's give you two or three things to help you to choose truth. Are you ready? These are not. Possibly going to be surprising some of them. But listen, first of all, you ready? Be quiet. Be quiet. In other words, we talk less and listen more. Let me give you a verse for that. James 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Sometimes it's our much speaking that gets us in trouble. We just say and then stop. We'd be better off a lot of times, but we keep going. You say, preacher, practice what you preach here. Okay. Let me quiet just a second. Well, let me tell you the truth. A few minutes. Be quiet. Right? Slow to speak. But what? Swift to hear. Listen. Secondly, be careful. Be careful. Think about what you're about to say. Is it true? And even if it's true, is it needful? Is it right? Is it helpful? Listen to Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. 
But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers? Are people better off from listening to you than they were before they heard you speak? Are you imparting grace to those who hear you? Are you speaking the truth in love? Are the things that you're saying, are they right? Are they true? Are they needful? Listen, there are some things that might be true, but you don't need to repeat them. Might be some things that you hear about someone or you come aware. Listen, take them to the Lord in prayer. Talk to God about them. Be careful of what you say. Words are so powerful. Think about that. Words. Groups of letters and, and groups of words in the sentences and groups of sentences in the paragraphs can have earth sh- world sh- shattering consequences. Words. Think about Hitler's words. The things that he said. The impact they had. Be quiet. Be careful. Then third, be prayerful. I'm going to say something I want you to hear me clearly. Take your mouth to the Lord and surrender it daily. Take your mouth to the Lord and surrender it daily. Listen to Proverbs, uh, excuse me, Psalms 19, verse 14. Here's a great prayer. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We just learned what? Where do the words come from that we come out of our mouth? They come from our heart, right? Now hear this again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, every conversation you have, God knows about it. God knows the words that you and I speak. God knows if we're telling the truth. So we need to bring our mouth, say, Lord, here's my mouth. Here's my heart. Please make it acceptable in your sight. Please help me to say words today that that speak grace and and edify and build up and, and help other people. Help me to speak truth. Help me to speak truth in love. Help me to say things that will bring honor and glory to you. Use my mouth and the meditation of my heart to bring glory to you. Three simple things. Be quiet. Be careful. Be prayerful. The tongue is a powerful thing. It can be used for the greatest of good or the greatest of evil. Now, here's the question. Are you a man or woman of truth? Are you a man or woman of truth? Is your speech filled with lying? If so, we need to repent of that, don't we? We need to confess that to the Lord and pray for his strength and help. Let's be careful with our mouths, beloved. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we're to choose truth. God's word is clear. God hates lying. Remember that word picture. When you lie about people, you're like a club. You're like a sword. You're like an arrow. You're harming other people. And you're harming your testimony for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this truth today. Thank you that we can always trust your word. We have no doubt about what you say. Father, help us with our mouths. They get us into trouble so much. 
Help us to surrender our speech. Help us to be men and women of truth. Father, I pray today if anyone here is not a believer, is not a follower of Christ, as we have this invitation time, they would turn to Christ in faith. And I pray for those of us who do know Christ, that you would deal with our hearts today. And may we be submissive to your Holy Spirit. May we be careful with everything we say. May we truly bring honor and glory. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is 275, I Surrender All. If you're here today and you need to be saved, I invite you to come as we sing. If you're here today and God has spoken to your heart about something else, would you come and pray about that? I think if we're honest, many of us, if not all of us, struggle with our mouths at times. But you want to bring your mouth today. What a picture, right? Bring your mouth. Lay it on the altar. Say, God, here it is. Use it for thy glory. 275, let's stand and sit.